0: Studio one at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80.
1: Put my name up in the Even with a loss in the playoffs by the Baltimore Ravens, the drama only continues. build At this point, we are straight up real housewives, and the situation is between the team and their star quarterback. It took another turn today. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers. All you got to do is tell them. Play ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, HD. I just want to go through a week where there's not drama, but I think that's not going to exist. The, The drama over the weekend was about the fact that Lamar Jackson didn't fly with the team. So before mm-hmm. we get to the most recent update, I will ask you straight up, did you have a problem with the fact that uh, this quarterback with an injured knee did not fly with his team?
2: I'm going to say no because we don't know the reason why he didn't. You know what I mean? Because we don't know if he would have flown on that plane, if his knee would have swollen up even more. Uh, we don't know if because of the situation with John Harbro that transpired before that – added, you know, a little friction to his relationship with this head coach and the head coach uh, with his relationship towards Lamar Jackson. We don't know if, you know, guys in the locker room felt some type of way. So Lamar Jackson, in my eyes, if I'm looking at it from my lens, is saying, you know what, let me take a step back. Uh, Number one, A, because potentially, you know, my knee could swell up more. Number two, B, I don't want to be a distraction because the things that transpired up into this game with John Harbaugh not coming out and saying, you know, that, you know, Lamar Jackson isn't here because he's not 100% healthy. He took the other road. So I think, I think that added uh, more so a distraction toward the team versus helping the team.
1: So it's interesting to me. And look, HD and I. And joke. we
2: still don't know. Yeah. Like, so I can't sit up here and put words in his mouth and words in a team mouth because we don't know what's the reason.
1: Yeah, and, and that's what I find maddening about all of this, right? Lamar Jackson did not fight with the team. Now, look. As Harry will remind everybody, I'm the farthest thing from an athlete, right? Like I'm I not. Can able I say, to,
2: can yes, I say this really go quick ahead. too? There are multiple teams in the National Football League, um, especially teams that are winning and have won Super Bowls. When a player cannot play, there's a lot of teams that player doesn't even travel. Doesn't doesn't even matter if it's their star player or not. Like there's some teams that do have that policy. Yeah, I don't and, know if that's the Baltimore Ravens policy though.
1: And this is where, like I was saying, like look, I'm not an athlete, right? But I. I slipped a disc in my back uh, years ago and they thought that there was gonna i was gonna need back surgery and i'll never forget the uh, doctor coming in and saying look no matter what you do don't get on an airplane and at the time i was going back and forth between here and nashville a bunch it's 15 and a half hour drive and i was like well i gotta go to nashville and he was like, yeah, you are better off sitting in a car for 15 hours each way, compressing the discs in your lower back than you are getting on an airplane because of the inflammation that is caused by elevation. I always think about that, right? And so, like, it just speaks to how little we know about whatever the circumstance is, remembering that Lamar has told us his knee's swollen. And for anyone that's like, well, he's been traveling with the team, we also don't know if the team doctors were like, hey, maybe this will help keep the swelling down and we should consider it. Like, we have no idea what the medical context is of it. What we do know is that Lamar took to... Instagram today and I have his story up in front of me and he said when you have something good you don't play with it you don't take chances losing it you don't neglect it when you have something good you pour into it you appreciate it because when you take care of something good that good thing takes care of you too. Ooh, ooh,
2: ooh. now I got I gotta add this to it though. He he Century, reposted we'll it some you. somebody else posted that and he just reposted it to his story in which that's how he 100% feels in my eyes so what other reason would he repost it and i can't help but think but think about the situation with the Baltimore Ravens right now and you had you know teammates come out after that football game and and thought before that football game if Lamar Jackson was there they would have won that game and their chances of winning would have been you know greatly increased and i do believe that as well looking at that game last night if Lamar Jackson was playing i think they would have beat the Cincinnati Bengals by 10 plus points
1: i mean honestly and think about, this just triggered in my head, as you mentioned it. Think about what the teammates have been saying. Because mm-hmm. we're sitting here talking about Harbaugh. And we're sitting here talking about Lamar. What about the rest of the guys in the locker room? Have you heard a single person say a single negative thing about their quarterback? No. Nope. Have you? Has anybody that's in that locker room come back and been like, man, Lamar really sold us out? And do we really believe that nobody would say that in this situation? Like the players... well, Because they
2: understand, though. Those guys understand that. Number one, Lamar Jackson has a PCL injury. Number two, those guys don't know when it's going to be their turn or when they're going to have an injury or when, you know, they're waiting on a deal to to go through. So when your teammates understand who you are, number one, as a man, number two, who you are as a player, they understand your character and they know how much you love the game of football and you want to be out there at all times with them grinding they understand man if you're not out there then especially when it's when it comes to Lamar Jackson and the way he carry carries himself they know that it has to be something that Lamar Jackson isn't out there
1: but but that's my whole point by the way uh, RG3 is going to join us at 230 Eastern you don't want to miss it we're going to ask him about this he's been very vocal on social media but AC, what you're saying like there are so many fans and that's the only voice I can speak for at ESPN is the voice of a fan Mm-hmm. There are so many fans on social media. He's letting his brothers down in the locker room. He's letting his teammates not at all. down. Right? Like, not at all. We have not gotten a sick sing- if, – if there was an not inkling, if like, those guys thought he was just sitting around eating bonbons healthy and ready and not willing to play, you would have heard it from someone. We've heard nothing, which means for all of us that are sitting here speaking for the locker room, maybe we should sit and listen to what the locker room is actually telling us, which to your point, Harry, is nothing anti-Lamar.
2: Well, Fitz, I was in the locker room for ten years in, in the National Football League, and especially when I played with guys like Lamar, who are our, who were our star players, and I knew they would grind through anything and play injured at times, and will play hurt. And but when you're injured, and there are certain things about your body that when you can't go, right? And if I knew they weren't going to be out there, I knew it had to be something serious. But also, like. The teammates that I, that I had that held out for contracts or whatnot, I didn't look at them sideways. But most of my teammates, if not all of them, didn't look at those guys sideways either because they knew what they were doing. Now, I'm not saying that's Lamar's case right now. I'm just saying Lamar is injured with a PCL injury. So his game and the way it translates, he can't just go out there and, you know, quote, throw a brace on it and play effectively the way he wants to play. RG3 just went through that. He, he literally went through that when he was in Washington. So I think Lamar's number one protecting himself. Lamar isn't 100%. And if he's not going to be 100%, and you're never going to be 100% at the the training camp again, but I don't even think he's 90. If Lamar can't even be 90 and go out there and be elusive where a lot of his game is predicated off of and him improvising and making plays with his legs and, you know, explosive runs, why would he go out there and, and further himself for more injury?
1: Now, the, the thing that's mind-blowing to me is you said it earlier. Lamar Jackson is injured, and he has a PCL injury. Why can't we just make it that simple? Like, why can't we respect the man's body. Like, there has been no spot. Like, you don't mess with the person's money. You don't mess with the person's health. There has been no situation here where we've ever had a reason to, to doubt Lamar Jackson's commitment to football, and now all of a sudden, because it creates a cute narrative, that's what we want to do. Now, as the team and the quarterback go back and forth, the question is, are his days coming to an end? And that's something that Rex Ryan, ESPN NFL analyst, talked about on Get Up when he said this.
3: I feel it is, and look, I said at week one, when everybody was saying, well, let's trade Huntley. I'm like, nah, he might be the future. Everybody's like, you're crazy. Do I look crazy now? I'm going to say this. I know this organization well. All right. We've seen him do this. All right. We took Marquise Brown. Did they get a first round pick for him? They last did. year? Yeah, they did. Yeah. OK. How about Orlando Brown? Did they get draft picks for him, including yeah. a first round pick? Yeah. Even in the prime of his career? You're kidding me, Greedy. They're gonna do, the do the same thing with Lamar Jackson, because you're gonna get at least two first round picks, maybe three. I don't know, but you're gonna get it. This organization has a business model, they stay with it, they don't they don't uh, compromise it, and the other thing they do, they value the draft draft picks. Yeah. And so and they also develop players. That's what this organization does.
1: Rex, I love you, buddy, but you have lost your mind. You just left out two words, Joe Flacco. You over this organization has a history of, of the only history they have of being pinned up against it and overpaying a quarterback that we spent years debating in every sports bar in America if he's elite. How are you gonna give me every one of those examples and then leave out the quarterback that's the well, actual only I, one? I,
2: I would say this Wild. though, like they didn't pay Joe until Joe went out and proved it and won a Super Bowl, though. One hundred percent. I, w- I will give him credit for that and after they won that Super Bowl they had to pay him right but you, they you paid had to him. pay him at that point
1: They paid him and Flacco was never a former MVP
2: I mean but listen I- to me Fitz it was warranted though he went out and won a Super Bowl Joe bet on himself and went out and won a Super Bowl. So after that point, they had to pay him at that. Where where were they going to go quarterback-wise? You just had a guy that, you know, won a Super Bowl and was delivering the football and throwing darts. And trust me, I know Joe Flacco was throwing darts. I was at the combine with him when he was pinging everybody upside the damn head uh, because they couldn't catch the ball from from his rifle arm. So... At the time, where were you gonna go? But you gotta remember now, Joe Flacco came in came in the same year as Matt Ryan, and both of those guys from day one were starters, and they were effective being starters too. So you also have to look at the, the total picture when it comes to Joe Flacco as well.
1: I agree with all of that. I'm just saying Many of those arguments, when you have a former MVP and you have a 25-year-old quarterback that is played at the level that Lamar has played at, where else are you going to go? You're pinned up against it. How else are you going to address the quarterback situation? You can't tell me the organization has never done it when they did it specifically at the quarterback position. They may not always do it, but they did it at the quarterback position, Super Bowl or not.
2: All right. No, and I think that's one thing Lamar Jackson was trying to bank it on because he's seen Joe Flacco's um, what what he was able to do and come back and get paid. So Lamar was betting on himself to come in and win a Super Bowl or contend for one, and coming back and hitting him over the head.
1: Lamar was betting on himself. I'm betting yeah. that the next uh, thing we're gonna do is can't miss the three best things from Wild Card Weekend and a very special three. Worst things. You don't want to miss the theme to Harry's three down. That's coming up next. (laughs) Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: Fitz and Harry,
3: the podcast.
0: From the top stories in sports, guys, huge news over here to the bottom. This is it. Rock bottom, bottom. This is 3 Up, 3 Down with Fitz and Harry.
1: Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. All right, 3 Up, 3 Down. It's a very simple concept. All right, one of us is in charge of the up, the happy. One of us is in charge of the down, the sad, the not so happy, the bad. From the weekend (laughs) of football, Harry Douglas, you ready to do this? Let's go. We will bounce back and forth. Devin, let's start this.
0: Number one.
1: All right, for my up, I'm going to give you Trevor Lawrence. And here's the thing. We talk all the time about grapefruits, Perro. It takes a special level of grapefruits to be able to throw that many picks, four picks early on in this game, to watch your team just get absolutely annihilated and then still stay calm and cool. I can't say enough about Doug Peterson obviously and his ability to keep everybody under control about that entire offense and their ability to score points, but Trevor Lawrence and the fact that he never turtled up, he continually made sure that he was going to be aggressive when he wanted to be aggressive. He didn't change the way he played football and he brought his team back. Man, that takes a level of you know what that I, I, I mean, we know he's him and cool. I didn't know he had that in him. Wow. Bro,
2: it was the perfect moment for you to use oranges or tangerines because Trevor Lawrence is in Duval in the state of Florida. It was mm. the perfect oh, moment.
1: Oh, citrus. Okay, so not yeah. cantaloupe. So we could have got, okay. Can we make, it? we'll make him like uh, what, like orange, Trevor oranges Lawrence? Uh, that's, grapefruits are so much bigger. Okay, or, go or ahead.
2: Tr- Trevor tangerine Lawrence.
1: Oh, tangerine Lawrence. I like that. It's <laughs> got a ring to it, tangerine Lawrence. Alright, that's my All right.
2: up. What's your down? For, for me, my down is going to be the play calling in the second half for the Los Angeles Chargers. These guys had 31 plays, and they decided to run the football six times, and they was up 27-7 to seven at halftime. I don't know what their offensive coordinator were, was thinking, Lombardi, but I think if they would have ran the ball just about every play, they had a better chance of winning the football game, more so just passing the ball yeah, uh, what, well, 20, what 25 times out of, out of 31 plays.
1: I, I was thinking of you that whole time though, because you've been talking about it. Even when we were watching the Chargers game together a month yep. ago, you're like, man, they got to figure out how to actually run the football, and yep. they didn't seem to have that figured out. So, all right, those are our first up and down. Let's go next.
0: Number two.
1: My next up. You ready for this one, HD? Mm hmm. Christian McCaffrey. Like, there was a moment on that early long run where you just knew that the 49ers were setting a tone that this game wasn't going to be about Brock Purdy. But then, but then... I was stunned when suddenly the game became about Rock Purdy. And in the second half, the ability for Christian McCaffrey to simply make people miss and turn three-yard gains into eight, nine-yard gains. Like, there's a reminder that Christian McCaffrey uh, was lost for us with the Panthers. He's been found with the 49ers. Not that he wasn't great in Carolina. It's just that when you're doing what he's doing on a team as good as San Francisco, man, I am shooketh by the possibilities this team has because of Christian McCaffrey.
2: Yeah, Fitz, it's scary because there are times where they're lining Debo up in the backfield and then they're flexing Christian McCaffrey out as a wide receiver. So, you know, how defenses treat that personnel-wise is probably going to be mind-boggling moving forward and it has been up until this point. But then you have the moments where both of those guys are in the backfield, are in the backfield together and if one of them are going out on a linebacker, it's a wrap. They're not going to be able to do that. So Christian McCaffrey definitely make this team that much uh, more better. And I love the San Francisco 49ers at this moment. Now, my number two, my number two that happens to be down, I'm going to stick with the Los Angeles Chargers again. But this time <laughs> I'm going to go with their social media team because they had the bright idea, which wasn't so bright, to post a video and, and, and tag it as noted on their Twitter page that had me in it. It had Max Kellerman in it. It had a lot of, a lot of other my uh, ESPN colleagues in it. Basically being a smart ass that they made the playoffs or whatnot. But here's the only thing. Shouldn't you have posted that video after you probably won your playoff game and not prematurely? <laughs> Big facts! Up oh, and that was the that was the that was the take from from the video right there. Big facts, because I said that the charges were done. And actually, right now, the charges are done. So big facts. That's my number two.
1: You know, and by the way, you're right about all of it. Can we just remember this on kickers, too? Like, there's always this conversation when you're watching the broadcast about cursing the kicker. Why don't you wait till after the kick to give us context of what the kicker's done statistically? This is super easy. All right, I'm poly positive. I'm giving you your third up. Number three. Offense in the NFL. Like, defense wins championships is the mantra we give constantly. But hear me out, HD. We've seen more blown second-half leads than ever in the history of the league this year. We've seen more blown double-digit leads in games than ever in the history of the league this year. And what do we see? We saw a bunch of like fiery comebacks. I think right now, this weekend reminded us where we saw points being scored everywhere that even though scoring has been down in the NFL across the way, this year it feels like the teams that can score in bunches are the teams that can win the Super Bowl. So I love offense in the NFL as being a big up.
2: For me, my last down would Mm. be the Spanos family who (laughs) happen to own the Los Angeles Chargers football team. What are you going to do with Brandon Staley? I'm just asking, what are you going to do with Brandon Staley? Because in two years, I've seen this guy make fourth down decisions that he should not have made. I see him call a timeout last year versus the Raiders in the last game of the year that if he wouldn't have called the timeout, Rich, Rich Pistachia would have just said, you know what, we're both going to go to the playoffs. i also seen him this year um, with his players that he let them play entirely too long in a, meaning, a meaningless game, and Mike Williams was hurt and couldn't even play in the game. Also – He's the head coach of a football team that were up 27 points in a playoff game against the Jacksonville Jaguars down in Duval. Wow. I- and he's the head coach that allowed that opposing team to come back and win that playoff game. Brandon Staley, Spanos family, I understand that you it's a certain way that y'all like to do things, but if you guys want to compete for a championship, I think you might might have to make a decision.
1: Wow. I mean, I noticed a theme, Harry. If if memory serves me correct, your three down were all about the charge. I don't blame you. I don't yeah, the blame charges.
2: you. That same uh, you know, organization decided they wanted to troll my ESPN colleagues um, and post a video prematurely before actually winning the playoff game. Shout out to Trevor Lawrence at a baby sunshine, at a baby sunshine. Mm-hmm.
1: Big facts! All right, tune into NBA <laughs> action facts. today. The Hawks host the Heat. Coverage begins at 3 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. One of the themes of today's show is that coaching matters. Who else but a Hall of Fame head coach to tell us which staff matter the most in Wild Card Weekend?
2: Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Sometimes the moment does get a little too big for people.
0: Tom Brady lights up in these opportunities.
1: We got some players on our team where the moment's not too big. Do
0: you believe in miracles? Everything that you do is for these times, and for these moments, and for these games. And it's going to be a war, and we're exactly
3: up for that.
1: As we sat down this morning trying to figure out our biggest takeaways from Wild Card Weekend, it really stood out that experience seemed to matter. We saw at times some butterflies from some great players, and we saw even where experience could matter for coaching. So now we bring in an expert to help us break all of it down. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, as always, you can hang out with us. Triple Eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. But Harry. Hanging out with us now, Pro Football Hall of Fame coach, NBC Sports analyst Tony Dungy, joining us on the show. Coach, really appreciate your time here. I want to start with this conversation about coaching because uh, we've been talking about it all morning. That some guys feel like they maybe had a little bit more uh, comfort in the playoff situation. You've been there so many times. How much does uh, have been, ha- How much does having been there, done that, matter to a coach on the sideline in a playoff matchup?
3: Well, I, I think it does matter a little bit because you, you know the magnitude of the situation. But I always tell people, and when I had my teams going into the playoffs, I always try to remind the rookies and the young guys especially, uh, it's not a matter of amping up your play or doing something special. It's who can do what they've done all year, but just do it in the playoffs when the stakes are the highest. And you, you really do have to – Try to learn to relax, and I think that's what a lot of people. I think you saw that from Trevor Lawrence, first half, second half, much different because I think he just relaxed and said, "Hey, let me play football."
2: Yeah, coach. And I'll tell you from my experience in you know playing in the lead, me and some of my ex former teammates, the mindset that we used to have is that guys, we don't need to do anything different as far as preparing and going out here. It's just the magnitude of the game is bigger. Right. And then I think the faster the young guys can understand that the magnitude of the game is bigger because, number one, you're one and done. It's not, you know, we have next week to to get better or next week to make up for it. When you lose, you're done. When you win, you move on. I think understanding the magnitude of the game, but still preparing the same way that you prepared every football game this season and not breaking out of your mold um, of comfort in which you you built up into that point.
3: I think you're exactly right, Harry. You got to stay in your routine. And do what you always do. And really kind of disregard that notion that, oh, you know, I've got to do more. We've got to elevate. We've got to play better in the playoffs. No, you really don't. You got to the playoffs by playing good football. You just have to be able to do that under pressure.
1: Well, and that that's interesting to me, Coach, because as I think about the Cowboys, we all on the outside looking in, we love to scream about the Cowboys. But inside the building, is there a different level of pressure on the Cowboys inside that organization uh, than there are for other teams considering the microscope that's always on Dallas?
3: Oh, I, I think there absolutely is. And to me, that's probably the biggest problem and, and what they have to face and, and get through tonight. They've had a whole week of people telling them, how terrible they've been in the playoffs, how they never can get it done. You're a good regular season team, but you haven't done it in the playoffs. This is all that matters. We'll see what happens. And they aren't facing that in Tampa. You know, what they're hearing is, hey, can can we we get it going? Can Tom Brady do it again like he always does? And so I I think that's what Dallas has to do. Forget that this is playoffs. Uh, Just go out there and play a football game.
2: We're talking to Tony Dungy, Pro uh, Football Hall of Fame coach, NBC Sports Analyst. And, Coach, there's this thing, this notion out there, right, that people say the Cowboys' pass rush is a lot slower on grass and on the road. And I know you, coached down in Tampa, you had some hell of a pass rushers down there. You had two guys inside the Dome when you was with the Colts and Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney. Is that actually a thing? Is that something people should be looking out for in this matchup?
3: (laughs) Well, I don't know if grass versus – the Astroturf is that much of a thing because everybody's supposed to If You're fast on grass, you're, you're going to be fast on Astroturf. But I think what does come into play, home versus the road, is the crowd noise and the adrenaline and the energy. When the offense has to use a silent count because your home crowd is just revving up the, the volume and the offensive tackles can't hear, that definitely helps you. And I, I do think Dallas benefits from that at home. They're not going to have that. Today, but if they're fast guys and they're going, they're, they're still going to be fast on on this grass.
1: What do you think the key to tonight's matchup is, Coach?
3: Well, I think it's definitely getting pressure on Tom Brady. Um, the the Col- I mean the uh, Bucks are a throwing football team, and Tom Brady has thrown it more than any quarterback in, in the league this year. They've got outstanding weapons. I don't think the Cowboys can cover all of those weapons, and if Brady is not pressured. He's going to find them. He's going to be accurate. He's going to be relaxed, and they're going to move the football. So on that defensive side, it's pass rush. On the offensive side, I really think it's execution. Todd Bowles' defense do a lot of different things. They give you a lot of different looks. You've got to settle down, know what's going on, and be, be precise and be accurate. Uh, try to stay balanced. Don't put it all on Dak Prescott, but you're going to have to recognize some different things and respond of the looks that the Tampa gives you
2: now coach I got to be honest with you man I love me some offensive linemen because the simple fact of this big guys need loving too I don't think they get enough <laughs> love <laughs> yes, they as do. they should Coach, big yes, guys need loving too man and then saying that Tom Brady is getting one of the guys that he's close with a big guy that's on that offensive line and center Ryan Jensen what do you think about the impact that he could have tonight in this ballgame
3: If Ryan is totally healthy and 100%, he will make a big difference. Number one, just with his presence and that big physical body you're talking about. But number two, with the confidence factor for Tom, when I know the middle of the pocket is solid, I don't have to worry about it. I've got the guy I have trust in. When you're relaxed and confident, you're going to play much better as a quarterback. So yes, that, that is going to be a big help.
1: We're talking to Tony Dungy. You heard him on uh, over the weekend on NBC Sports, and part of what we all heard was uh, you on the Jags Chargers broadcast where you did a great job, but there was a conversation there about Brandon Staley. You said you thought the conversation about the hot seat was unfair. In fairness, that was before the Chargers fell apart with the 27-point uh, lead that they blew. Did the way that game the end change your mindset on Brandon Staley?
3: It didn't change my mind on Brandon Staley, but I'll tell you what, ownership there and Dean Spanos is going to have a big decision to make because, again, all they're going to hear for the next probably two to three weeks or until the Super Bowl is, oh, we could have been going further. We could have been there. How could you blow that 27-point lead? How could you play Mike Williams in a game that wasn't meaningful? If we'd had Mike Williams, we'd have scored more. You know, they're going to question every decision he made. They're going to look back at things. And, you know... It's unfortunate. You can't let one game define you. Um, But it it is going to happen. Ownership, I would recommend. Look at the whole picture. Look at how they've developed Justin Herbert. Look at how the team is developing. If you like that, stick with him. But don't base it on one game or, or a couple of decisions.
2: Coach, last one before we let you go. I want your reactions to what you heard when Lamar Jackson did not travel with the Ravens to Cincinnati.
3: Well, I'm not uh, so concerned about him not traveling. Mike Williams didn't travel with uh, the Chargers because he, was, he stayed home, he was rehabbing, hoping they are going to win their game so he could get ready to go. Plane rides, uh, as you know, if you're injured, you, you can be much uh, better taken care of by staying home and rehabbing. Here's my concern, though, and I wonder when you hear all the, the talk and the rumors had Lamar Jackson had a long-term contract, would he have been playing? That—that's the difference. Can they work that situation out? Those players love Lamar. I know that. I've talked to enough Ravens players to know that. So I'm not worried about any chemistry issues there or anything going on. Um, it, you know, where is Lamar's health, and where is this contract situation going to go? That—that that is the key.
1: Would you have any hesitation signing Lamar to a long-term deal, Coach?
3: i would I would worry, you know because you, you're talking about a guy who uses his athleticism and his legs are so much a part of it, he has been nicked up a little bit. I think you built this franchise around him uh in terms of where they are now. you've built the team that way, you've got an offensive line and running backs and uh strong receivers that really fit this system. I wouldn't want to start over again, so i I, I would want to get things done, but I think that has to come across your mind. Uh, when you're you're talking about that long term commitment,
1: uh, we always appreciate your time. Great job and a great season so far. I really appreciate you hanging out with us, Tony Dungy, Pro Football Hall of Fame coach, NBC Sports analyst. Thanks for the time, Coach.
3: Thank you, guys. And we should have a great game tonight.
1: Oh, it is going to be a wild oh, one tonight. Yes. Obviously. Uh, as we'll get the Cowboys and the Buccaneers tonight on every single ESPN, ABC. If it has the letters ESPN in it, it might, even if it's not one of our stations, it might be playing the game. I'm just telling you, all the ESPN places.
2: ESPN uh, Deportes. That's how I want to hear it. ESPN uh, Deportes. That's what I want to hear I
1: just asked Tony Dungy if he would have any hesitation signing Lamar Jackson to a long-term contract. He gave us the answer. We'll give you our answer and revisit it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio.
0: Lift every voice Bo Jackson, former NFL and MLB star. Martin Luther King Day should be spent by having all these kids that are out of school on that day go to the Civil Rights Museum. Watch a documentary on how the Civil Rights Movement got started to understand that it's just not a day for you to just be home and watch TV. Get educated by people that was a part of that movement. Black history always. Celebrating Dr. Martin Luther King Weekend on ESPN Radio.
2: Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
1: Would you have any hesitation signing Lamar to a long-term deal, coach?
3: I would, I would worry, you know, because you're talking about a guy who uses his athleticism and his legs are so much a part of it. He has been nicked up a little bit. I think you built this franchise around him uh, in terms of where they are now. You've built the team that way. You've got an offensive line and running back, uh, strong receivers that really fit this system. I wouldn't want to start over again, so I I, I want to get things done. But I think that has to come across your mind uh, when you're you're talking about that long-term commitment. That
1: was Tony Dungy. Hall of Fame coach, NBC Sports analyst. Just minutes ago, I'm Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, and it's an important question because as things continue to get more contentious, or at least seemingly more contentious, Lamar didn't fly with the team. We've talked about that a lot on this show. I don't think either of us think that's necessarily a big deal. But then Lamar posts on Instagram and a, a, a post about feeling appreciated and making sure that you know when you love people, they love you back. It raises a question of if this is over, would you have any hesitation, Harry? You know the Falcons better than anybody. Should the Falcons have hesitation if he hits the open market to signing Lamar Jackson to historic money?
2: I'm gonna go yes and no, and I know that's kind of cliche to say. Oh, he's wouldn't do that both on sides. first take, coward. Um, but I will say this: <laughs> when I say when I say no, I say no from the from the sense of well, I look at this team and. You know, just recently they had a lot of money invested into Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Dante Fowler and all those guys in the new regime, Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith. They kind of had to, you know, shift some things around and get this organization to where it is now, to where they have a ton of cap space and free agency and they can bring in big-name guys. They have, you know, young players developing and playing at a very high level within their first or second year. Uh, But at the end of the day, and they also have Desmond Ritter, who I think, you know, they believe in and could be the guy. Now, it's a different story, a different ball game, and I, and I say yeah because of also because of, you you look at a town like Lamar Jackson and I think paired up with Tyler Iger and Cordell Patterson in that run game, when you have your quarterback that can be dynamic and add to the run game as well, I, th- I thought it was one of the reasons why the Falcons were top five in rushing this season is because you had a mobile quarterback and you didn't sit back there and you had a guy that was basically a statue And Matt Ryan. Nothing against Matt Ryan, I'm just saying like, when he was the quarterback here, he, the scrambling, the the run plays that that wasn't available to you as an offensive play caller. They bring in Marcus Mariota. You have Desmond Ritter, two guys who are you know a little bit similar in uh, as in being a dual threat quarterback in the National Football League, and the run game instantly just took off. So when you look at Lamar Jackson, in that sense, I think he he he's a better passer as well as Marcus Mariota. Um, Desmond Ritter is yet to be, to be determined because I don't think he has enough games under his belt, and, but he did show me a lot in the last few weeks of the season, threatening the needle versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, getting balls in there, and you've seen the relationship between him and Drake London really take off, and Drake London have a lot of success more so when Desmond Ritter was the quarterback. So I'm on the side of both yes and no and I just explain why yes and just explain why no. It's all a matter of uh-huh. what the Falcons decide they want to do.
1: Well, I use the Falcons as a general example here, but I think there are a lot of teams right now that need a quarterback. And the question's going to start to become uh, when you need a quarterback, who's the best quarterback available for you? You have a 25, 26 now, sorry, 26-year-old quarterback that's a former MVP that's had some injury issues, but you've got to weigh the injury issues with the incredible level of play that you've seen so often on the field. You've got a quarterback that's 26 years old that's had some injury issues that's had a couple of rough playoff games. So now, all of a sudden, how does that factor into your conversation? The last part of it is you've got a 26-year-old former MVP quarterback that's got some injury issues that, in some perception, is best when certain types of offenses are built. Can you build that offense around them quickly enough to be successful right away? For all of that, though there's far less question to be asked about Lamar Jackson, no matter what those questions are, than there is to be asked about, let's say, Will Levis out of Kentucky. Like, if your team's sitting here trying to draft a quarterback, I would challenge that I would rather take a proven entity, a quarterback, any day of the week when you're talking about somebody that's played at the level of Lamar, than any of these quarterbacks that might be selected in the top five. I think three quarterbacks go in the top five of this year's draft, but I would rather have Lamar than any of them because at least I know who Lamar is.
2: Now, I agree with you one hundred percent on that. Now, the only thing I would bite back on is that, you know, some of these organizations might not want to give up three first round picks and other things as well, and then turn it sure. right around and pay Lamar Jackson 230 million dollars on top of it. Right? Now it all depends on what what organization are we talking about? What's the mindset of the owner? What's the mindset, you know, of the head coach and also the general manager, and what, what are they willing to give up in order to get Lamar Jackson? And also you gotta look at You know, the way their team is built personnel wise, because when I look at the Atlanta Falcons and I'll say they are actually a team, they're actually one of the teams that if you plug Lamar Jackson into the system, it actually works. Uh, That's another reason why they decided to bring Hayden Hurst over from Baltimore, because they thought Hayden Hurst was going to be a guy that, you know, that was good blocking on the end line as a tight end and adding another tight end to Kyle Pitts as well. That's why they brought him into Atlanta. I know Hayden Hurst is in Cincinnati now, but right before Cincinnati, he was here in Atlanta. So he would definitely fit into the mindset and the offense that Arthur Smith and Dave Regan, their offensive coordinator, run.
1: I think you invest in Lamar if you feel like you're ready to win right now. Now that It's that simple because yep. you're going to have to give up so much That's of the future. Point. You better be able to get return out of it today. And you better know that your roster and cap situation can handle three years of not being able to restock the cover. Now, we saw the Rams be a great team, great example of going all in just to win a Super Bowl right now. But there are plenty of teams, I think, that are looking at it saying, man, everything else looks so good. I just need a quarterback. And I can continue to draft and find that one, or I can get a former MVP. It's an interesting part of the Lamar conversation, but it's also interesting to hear even Tony Dunn. Uh, say yes you can be uncomfortable with the injuries but you can also if you're Baltimore be uncomfortable with the concept of starting over that's the wild part about all of this there are no right or wrong answers and certainly no easy answers Lamar not the only quarterback who's earned a big payday we'll tell you about one other next that's coming up Fitz and Harry on ESPN radio in the ESPN app
0: Fitz and Harry the podcast